Uh, we've got plenty to talk about this week anyway, mate. I think we should just... Aye. <clears throat> just just flow bit. I might even leave on my fucking story about my cat boots. Um, <laughs> what will this be? Episode 93? Maybe? 92? Uh, no, like 95, 96. Is it? I think I'm Kieran was 94. I'm double checking that. Pretty sure. Kieran was 94, I think. Right. So he was. Aye, fuck's sake, man. Um, oh, well. Episode 95. Flying by. Um, uh, even though like a couple of weeks break. I know, mate. I, I mean, even though there's only been like 10 days between this and the last podcast with Kieran, like, um, we had the two of them in the bag, so... Uh, it's been about maybe three and about weeks or since we've actually sat down and like done this. In between times, it's been a bit weird at my end. It's been it's been kind of tense. Like the missus actually tested positive for COVID um, about two and a half weeks ago. Um, this was now our third sort of full isolation in the space of like eight weeks. Um, so I think it was pretty much the final nail for us. Like, thankfully, we got through it without any symptoms or any deteriorations or anything like that. But mm-hmm. I think it kind of was the the, the hang little note, the sort of final fight out is, um, where the three years were just me, Stacey, and the were just sat here staring at walls for two weeks. We just couldn't take any merit because they came so close together. It was just mm-hmm. one of them where it got quite, quite rough. But thankfully, it never got dangerous and but you know we were all quite comfortable and you know really the only enemy was boredom you know what I mean like um thankfully at the end of the avenue went back to work um starting to get back out into the world again so Hi. that's something to like kind of start building back up again like um so it's been like a, an eventful yet uneventful two weeks in between times for me aye it's almost like super eventful Mentally, but uneventful, sort of physically, which is I, like just is as fucking draining. Those, those first five days were like terrifying. Like mm-hmm. the, the dread, the dread we've had is that the two of them test positive because they're heavily asthmatic, and I they first sort of four or five days between the positive test and starting to think, right, you know what? I think we're we're all right. Um, we're like tense. Like this is something that I, you know, a lot of folk are going to be experiencing. You know, we. The, the spread increasing and stuff like that and I can completely mm-hmm. empathise with having been through it myself but it is not it's a really uncomfortable week so aye, man. I mean, waiting just to see what happens you know what I mean like, aye for sure I mean I experienced it in like a sort of micro dose back at the start I think we, we spoke about way back in episode fucking 80 something whatever it was mm-hmm. in March and I was saying to you like I've got a fever and a cough and then your, your heat starts to play so even without like a, a positive a confirmed positive case um, even though one of the housemates had tested positive, like there was a couple of real days where it was like very little sleep happening, like high anxiety, high tension, like you're saying, and it, it really does impact a lot of things because you're very short and just everything's pissing you off. Like I found even like the last sort of wee while, I've been thinking that it's a it's kind of a case of when you're going to get it, like if. Yeah. Um, so certainly feels like that at the minute. Mm-hmm. If cases are going to keep going up and up and up and up, um, and unfortunately, I mean, England are in lockdown just now, as yeah. I'm sure everybody will be aware. But hopefully, we're not heading in the same direction. Um, hopefully, like the sort of uh, safeguards that we've put in place 
that England didn't put in place like maybe four to six weeks ago just kind of protect us for another mm-hmm. full-scale lockdown. Yeah. Um, I've seen the day I, that um, the Welsh Assembly had announced right. that they will remove themselves from the current you know, lockdown firebreaker restrictions that they've put in place. And although Scotland didn't go quite as far as Wales with the, you know, the, the circuit breaker or whatever we're calling it, um, there has been a lot of really similar steps by both administrations in the build-up to that, you know what I mean? So I'm hoping that we can see similar results having followed a, a, a kind of similar path to, to, you know, Wales rather than the path that England's on. I think yesterday they had like 19,000 new confirmed cases in a single day. Like um, America has had a hundred thousand new cases a day for the last five days, um, so I there's definitely going to need to be like a, a readjustment in a lot of senses. Like, thankfully, there seems to be chatter vaccines, um, or well, thankfully, Aye, so thankfully, a bonus vaccine. <laughs> like, um, um, is it? Is it Sh- is it Schaefer? Isn't it Schaefer? That's the pen company. I think it's it? pronounced Pfeiffer or Pfizer. Pfizer, yeah, because I remember watching the Jake Gyllenhaal movie about it, loving other drugs or something like that. It's a fucking horrible rom-com piece of shit, but he right. plays... that'll be why I've he, not seen it. He plays a pharmaceutical salesman at the the boom uh, uh Viagra. What's interesting is, is that um, Viagra was developed to try and help with, like, blocked heart valves, because obviously, like, it's, it's, yeah. it's about the increase of blood and the hard-ons seem to be like a side effect, but I wonder what they were trying to develop when they found the fucking COVID-19 vaccine. <laughs> um, God knows, but I uh, get a free Viagra pill with every fucking dose of every vaccination. Dose. <laughs> get, get everybody back to it. Um, I, I think it's, it's one of the ones, I've seen the news and thought, oh, well, cool, there's at least progress, there's like hope, which is something that has felt in pretty short supply up until this week, which we're probably going to cover extensively as we go. But I think mm-hmm. the vaccine was, for me, good news. Um, you know, it's a choice between putting people at danger and believing David Icke, then, you know, I think I'll just wait for my doctor's appointment and go on with it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I've also already seen and heard from people directly that are like, nah, I'm not putting anything the government sends to me in my arm and you're just like, okay, fair enough. Aye. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just no engaging with it. I'm just trying to focus on the positives at the new. You know what I mean? Aye, <laughs> I absolutely, mate. I've seen the exact same. Focus on some positives. You know what I mean? Aye, I've like, seen the exact same. I've seen some people in like Instagram stories and being like, get this to fuck, no chance I'm touching this. And it's like, I mean, I've even seen people sharing shit about like nanobot technology going in through the fucking... <laughs> <laughs> and like, well, it's almost... I mean, like, that's literally the plot to a G.I. Joe movie. Like, This is exactly what I was going to say, mate. I think people think that we're living in Marvel, like the Marvel universe. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's some villain in a cave somewhere, like poisoning the world. Well, it's Bill Gates and Tom Hanks, and right. Um, it's no Donald Trump, obviously. But I, there's been some, uh, c- just like exactly what was I was going to say next was I've, I'm already seeing people saying like no chance, but I'm pretty sure all of these people would have got their BCG, would have got their measles, mumps, rubella, would have yeah. probably have had a cold or flu vaccine at some point early years, um. And I don't, well, obviously, like, it's another sort of example. We've spoke a few times about flat earth, but anti-vaccine is another example of something that's just 
literally been like cooked up in some fucking white woman's kitchen in Texas or something, and now Aye. is like pure taking grip of the planet. Like everybody's Aye. just pure skeptical about this vaccine. Um, I. I mean, I'll, I'll be for one, like, I'll be taking it. I'm fucking folk will, there's the overwhelming majority of folk will be queuing up in the streets for it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if it allows us to get back to some sort of normality, like, other people's choices are their own. I mean, there needs to be some consideration for how dangerous these people could be to the wider population, especially when there's still questions about how long your immunity lasts and stuff like that. Or, uh-huh. You know, this idea of vaccine is still to be like peer reviewed and stuff. But as I said, for me, it was progress. It was a wee bit of hope at a time where, you know, it's been a pretty dark couple of months for everybody, really. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like, the prospect of Christmas is just making everybody like, I mean, obviously seasonal depression is actually a thing that affects everybody. It's no like a syndrome that. I mean, it will impact people more than it impacts other people, but the change in the seasons impacts every single person. Like, if you're oh, getting up in a, a cold, dark morning and you're coming home from work in a, a cold, dark evening and you're not getting to see really a lot of sunlight, it, it does mm-hmm. impact you big time. Not no to mention, like, the vitamin D deficiency that you could... Exactly. Uh, like, lower levels. But um, I think that the news of a vaccine was kind of like welcomed because it's moving into that time of year and I think people are starting to put Christmas decorations up you're seeing that's happening a lot early and I think people just need cheered up mate like we just need this shit I think it's one of the very few years where I'm not going to be calling people cunts for putting Christmas decorations (laughs) up in November I'm just going to be like you might have put fairy lights up in your house the new like fucking go for it you know what I mean um, the seasonal thing is something that does impact people and I think when you're like even for myself for example like during the spring and summertime, I was locked down just as I'm on now, but I could go and I could garden, I could go and go for a walk, I could, you know, various other things like when you were up, it was sunlight, you know, th- there was, as you say, you know, things that you could still do, but as the sort of later nights and darker days have sort of dragged in and it sort of coinciding with the fact that we were pretty much locked down in the house for most of that sort of, you know, period like, it mm-hmm. did have an effect because I, I, I don't know how many days I found myself looking at a window at the greyness and just being like pure, ugh, you know what I mean? Like, there is no gardening, there is no, I'm not going to wander about in the rain, you know what I mean? Like, can't do it anyway when you're locked in. Like, so it does have an impact. So I any any sort of slither of hope at the minute, I'm going to be holding on to over the top of, you know, any sort of nonsense conspiracies. Um, I know obviously, you know, we're, we're, we're going to be talking about bullshit conspiracies like probably for the rest of the episode um, <laughs> but the one that links this one to the other one that we're going to lead into was always the, the Don Jr. tweeting about how it was a coincidence that oh my god they get rid of my dad and the same day they found a COVID vaccine like coincidence and you're like yes yes it uh-huh. was a complete coincidence that no one was holding on to a vaccine to see what happened in the presidential election you know what I mean like, do you think that uh, is that what they're alluding to that um, that's what this, he alluded to in that tweet but I think he got absolutely rinsed I mean if let's if you deconstruct that even down to the fact that um, Pfizer are based, they're a business so hey. like is he hoping that like every single member of their board, every person, scientist, doctor that's worked on this is a Democrat or is it and that they're holding it back, they're potentially fucking putting millions at risk for a fucking deadly virus or is that business going to immediately try and get that vaccine into the general public and make 
hundreds of billions of dollars or pounds. Like, I mean, yeah. the first company to make this will be the, I think, genuinely, I mean, if, if it, Viagra didn't, it must have, made, fuck knows what the numbers are like on Viagra, right? Because right. That's a, it was a wonder drug, right? So Aye. Um, I think there was actually no other effective form of like remedy for erectile dysfunction before Viagra and I think like STDs, old age pregnancies, all these things fucking skyrocketed. So like I think people were buying them hand over fist in the 90s when they first came out. Um, so that would have made them a lot of money. This will be even this will be even bigger. This will be like stratospheric. I think they'll actually be like the Amazon of the pharmaceutical world. I think they'll just get a monopoly. I think even the nature of the, the announcement, I mean, when you're talking about that, that desire to get information into the marketplace as quickly as possible, this was a test over something like 100 people. Uh, 96 people. 90% effect. It's not been peer-reviewed. I mean, they literally got this information out as quickly as they possibly could because, mm-hmm. you know, what you've got is essentially three quarters of the study done. You know what I mean? So they went as quickly as they possible. So the notion that anybody was hot enough is, is absolute fucking crackpot nonsense. Um, but again, this is what they've been churning out earlier all week. I mean, obviously we've had absolutely mate. the election Thank- um, that, you know, thankfully and finally has seen an end to fucking... Donald Trump as president of the United States, like, uh-huh. could not come a day quick enough. You know what I mean? Like, and they made us wait for it, man, big time. Like, those like, sort of three or four days, again, just at the tail end of my isolation, I just was like 24 hour news central. It was horrific. Like, <laughs> I, could, I think I got like a day and a half in before I was like, you know what? They're not calling this anytime soon. And I just started watching nonsense from the telly instead. But like, right. it was a good, I sat up on election night to about two before I realised that it absolutely was not happening that night and, and went to bed and then spent most of the next day waiting and then pretty much sort of gave up until the Saturday when, you know, my face lit up like a Christmas tree and my phone lit up like a Christmas tree and you were like, right, okay, here we go. You know what uh-huh. I mean? What's your, your mic's rubbing on your, your call? Oh, sorry. Just a wee bit, mate. sorry, mate, it's not, it, it wasn't too bad. I mean, I, mean, I, I made a, a conscious effort to no engage with it on that level, but I mean, when I got up, what what day was it that they would have Tuesday. could have announced that was Tuesday? So I got up for the gym at five and I I went in and I checked and it was just inconclusive and I was like right fuck it and then at least twice a day I just went in and checked like the Twitter CNN bit where it was giving you like a uh, sort of running total. Um, I think it was it was kind of like similar to two thousand and sixteen, but in the opposite direction. I think it was kind of. Oh, the morning on Tuesday morning, you kind of seen, right, this is going to go the Democrats way. Like they're, they're, mm-hmm. That was the way that it was going. Like Donald Trump had what, two ways that he could have got to presidency, and I think Biden had like four or five. So I was like, right, Aye. this is kind of like, this is going to be like 2016. I think 2016 was the first time that I'd ever really properly engaged in an American election. So I don't really understand how it works. Um, so I was just looking at it on like a basic sort of how many seats Nails does he need Donald to become Trump president? Hi. <laughs> um, I mean, we knew that the we sort of seen it coming. They, they were already shouting for the fucking rooftops about voter uh, fraud yeah. and mail yeah. voter fraud, and then he was saying that his um, legal team didn't get in to see like they should have been able to get in to uh, sort yeah. of observe um, the the count, and they weren't allowed to do that. It looks as if like he might try and drag this at the court. I mean, I don't doubt that uh, 
100% Biden's going to be president come like January next year or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think we've probably got a lot more sort of drama to come yet. Um, and I, I mean, I, I think... I know. Pe- I think we've got theatre to come. I don't aye. know if it'll yeah, 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 like, come to so, the stage of actual drama. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, sort of enough that will distract people on Twitter. Enough that sort of takes care of aye. that for the next sort of few months it will be. Definitely. Um, so this is, aye, as we, as we said, I think a couple of weeks ago in the build-up to it, we knew the cry was going to be election fraud because everybody, we, you know, and you know, everybody on the face of the planet knew that that's what he was going to be whining mm-hmm. on about regardless of what happened. I mean, he won the last time and still pissed and moaned about fucking voter fraud, so it was going to be number one on the playlist, you know what I mean? What, um, I found some parts of it quite funny, um, you know, Everybody knew that the mail-in votes in the year of pandemic were going to be huge. He actively told his supporters not to engage with it and then lost as a result of it. So he kind of like shot himself in the foot in that regard, which was a nice irony, you know what I mean, like that he lost as a result of something he directly told his followers to do. And then the postal uh, votes are the deciding factor. And, and Biden was out there for day one telling his people to vote via mail, day early, you know, day to avoid queues and help with pandemic, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's been the right course of action, and you've seen it play out over the course of days. Unfortunately, it took, like, three days longer than I think all our attention spans could handle, but mm-hmm. it's legit. And, like, these chats are, like, no being allowed to watch votes was the difference between being told to watch it at 12 feet away to being told to watch it at 6 feet away. Right. They're, they're being extremely, extremely selective way what they're putting out there. And I think it's quite telling that it's Tuesday now, we're a week down the line, and there is still no one with any sort of concrete proof of voter fraud anywhere in the United States. Aye. Not even been any whispers of evidence. It's all been pretty much hearsay and just bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, and I think it's, it's in line with that presidency being just nonsense. And like all the stuff after it is exactly the same tone. I mean... I find it a bit odd that in the eight years since you know Trump started tweeting about Obama's birth certificate, that Twitter waited until the day after he lost the US election to start thinking about really censoring what this fucking dickhead was saying. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, they all, he always went on these tweet storms where Twitter just warning the whole thing. And you're like, I wonder maybe would we be here if, if when he started nonsense about birth certificates in Obama before he was even ah. running? Mm-hmm. And and I actually went, no, this is this is actual nonsense. Like you can't believe this. Would would we necessarily be here? But to wait until uh-huh. the day after he gets beat to be like, right, censor everything this guy says and you're just like the horse is bolted, guys. Like he's already like missed the boat on this one, you know what I mean? It's what? a poor show. It's a poor show. And I mean I think like on that point specifically there, who knows, mate? And we we probably wouldn't be here. Um and it is a bit of a shame. I think it's just another example of like the tech giants being just super reactive. I don't think that there's any like, I mean, when you're first saying that there, it took them to the next day. I was thinking, would we have been even there had he won? Um, would they be censoring like his bullshit? Because the guy's well, just used bullshit 24 7, doesn't he? Like it, yeah. it's pretty much all like lies. It's also so, been the best Twitter advertisement of all time. Like in terms uh-huh. of like his interactions and stuff like that, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like he is the engine that drives a lot of Twitter's you know what I mean? Absolutely. Engagement. And it is a business. You know what yep. I mean? 
Unfortunately, we've managed to monetize conversation or opinion, <laughs> um, which I, I suppose it's that the, the fucking that was long ago we monetized well, opinion, but, but mass opinion, have... <laughs> you know what I mean? Aye, but mass opinion, like no, well, our, our opinions, our clicks, everything that we do on the internet is absolutely worth a fucking a pound. Do you know what I mean? So Aye. we just don't get to see the spoils. Like it's definitely been monetized. That's for Aye. fucking sure. But um, aye, it's a business, so. I suppose if they're going to go down the road of like shutting down the, the biggest mouthpiece, the biggest attractor of clicks, the biggest attractor of advertising revenue, <laughs> like it would sort of come across as a very, very bad business plan. Um, but I don't know but if it's they wait quite... wait until the day after it looks like a pure shite bag move. Aye, it does seem quite calculated. Um, but also, I mean, I'm sure they've, they've known that the shithousery was coming in the day after the election and so they then they could absolutely put like a team of people on a like fact checking stuff if they were going to do that before you probably need just a section of twitter for donald trump that just watched everything that he did to try and call it out i mean um i, I was uh, reading an interesting thing about how adobe are actively trying to develop software that sort of spots misinformation okay. um and it'll, it's in conjunction with like the deep fake stuff. Mm. So I think all this type of stuff will become automated as we go forward where it'll have Aye. certain sort of words that hit a trigger and they'll check it and they'll be able to do it. But again, I think my point was, it's just an example of how we've created something and the sense of like Twitter and we're reacting to the outcomes. We're, we're like... 100% like 5 to 10 steps behind technology it's just kind of like pulling away phase um, even more and more and I think that that actual thing for Twitter I hope it's not been right he's lost the election let's just start fact checking him he should have been fact checking him 4 years ago because the guy's been in a fucking heavy position of power and privilege Aye. and the fact that you're no fucking fact checking him is an absolute fucking disgrace he, do you know what I mean I read somewhere that in the course of his presidency Trump had told 25,000 verifiable lies and you're like you know what I mean you're like there's only like 300 days a year and he was only there four years you know I mean did, like, they so include that like? that, did they include that he's the biggest feminist nobody respects women more than him <laughs> nobody's greater on the military than he is yeah. nobody knows America more than Donald Trump does he, he was better for black people than Abraham Lincoln like oh, so I, this is something that I, I, unfortunately um, kind of like broke me back down to earth a wee bit was the dude crying on CNN right um, so let's just get this guy's name because I was reading a lot about him um, and he's I quite think, a well established newsreader I can't place his name either myself to be honest with you Van Jones right so Van Jones um, African American guy Joe Biden gets elected president on Saturday morning and he does this, he sits and he, he sort of cries because obviously, I mean, I get it and I think like the internet sort of reacted in a sort of positive way towards this guy. But this is the type of thing that, that's kind of like bring, bring me back down to earth, especially when I think about Biden as well and what kind of president is this guy going to be. I mean, I think I'd say to Sean, we should spend at least a week celebrating that Donald Trump is not the president of America anymore, and then we need to sort of, we need to be very, very careful. Well, also, no, even just getting back to work, being 
being very, very careful that he doesn't leave a legacy that yeah. of like that just comes in a wave because mm-hmm. I don't think it's gone. I think this is what people are getting wrong. But anyway, before we talk about that, Van Jones sits and he cries on CNN. Obviously, like we've had a racist, sexist, homophobic, science denying president for the last four years. Like it's a relief for a lot of people. Run the planet. We've seen it here. Not imagine what you'd be like if you lived in LA, if you Aye. lived in New York, if you lived in Philadelphia, Boston, Washington. These places are like actually being impacted day to day by like this Sorry guy being New York looks like fun places to be on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So there's been mass like people out cheering. Then photographs of this guy came out where he's giving Donald Trump the thumbs up. He's sitting at his inauguration with a big smile on his face. He's taking selfies with Donald Trump Jr. and uh, no Biden Trump, the, the other one. What's his other son? Eric. Eric Trump. And he's taking pictures at the conservative sort of convention. And so, like, this is my my sort of worry with Biden is that he's just a wolf in sheep's clothes and we need to really, really watch because the establishment have shifted to this sort of relief, like anti-Trump, whereas I think the media will probably be concerned because, I mean, as we know, they've already resorted to like shady tactics and clickbait tactics to get, to keep their industry alive. And Donald Trump, like, I I think I remember during the 2016 presidential campaign, CNN had him on the screen double the amount that Fox did. Yeah. So we need to just be very, very careful that we don't just sort of buy this bullshit that's getting sold. Because, like I said, my worry with Biden is is that he's going to just come in and there's going to be no real change happening. I think somebody had tweeted something about, I don't know how true this is, because it's just somebody's tweet that he'd said to the, the representatives of like the financial sector, it'll be business as usual. So... Even though I mean, aye, we've seen the end of Trump, like I said, let's celebrate that for a week. Let's look back and let's try and not let it happen again. But we need to be careful that we've not voted in somebody that's just going to keep business as usual and that Trumpism doesn't really go anywhere and that it comes yeah. back again and we end up with somebody else that could be much worse. Yeah. I mean, I'm slightly less concerned with Biden. There are, he is not the radical that you know, Bernie Sanders and, and a Bernie Sanders administration would have brought in. And there was some quite encouraging results for progressives all across America, which was really, really quite good. A lot of the AOC-style progressives that had run previously were all re-elected yep. uh, on the Democratic side, which was a really encouraging sign. Um, there was some really, like, progressive law changes in terms of like, drug administration across American states. Like, Oregon, I'm pretty sure largely decriminalized all drugs um, mm-hmm. marijuana legislation passed in some like half a dozen different states mm-hmm. um, even Biden's, like I think Biden's committed to, to um, legalizing mar- or decriminalizing marijuana fred- federally yeah so that would be a big big step that would be a big tax big theater shout at you know what I mean like, mm-hmm. um, there was also like big ones for progressive candidates so I mean there was the first black congresswoman, and I think it was Missouri, which to me felt wild in the 21st century that we're still having the first black anything in you know, a country like America or the UK or you know, any of these other places with sizable you know, populations. Like, mm-hmm. But we had the first two trans representatives elected, yep. um, one of which is a woman of colour as well. Um, we had like gay mayors, we had non-binary people elected into positions. Like, uh-huh. So like, the LGBT community had massive steps forward 
um, at the ballot box during this election as well. So, I mean, there are progressive moves at a very local level in America. Mm-hmm. Um, Biden, Harris, I mean, she's a prosecutor who has been very strict on sort of law and order. Um, he's... As you say, he looks like an establishment figure, but I mean, he has got a good history on things like apartheid, on like, you know, he was a big driver of like, the, in, the interventions in like Bosnia and Yugoslavia and stuff like that. Like, uh-huh. He's very, very well respected on the world stage. Like, he is essentially a kind of safe pair of horns, but after four years of this nutter, like, I can kind of get why American he, was, he, he was the guy to do it. There's also talk of the fact that they think he's going to deliberately only be a one-term president himself and that there's already chat that he really just wanted to get it um, and make way for Harris to run as the you know presidential nominee in four years' time. Well, I'm sure that is, again, I don't know, but that's aye. what people are talking about, you know what I mean? So, it looks like a walking corpse, so he might, like... I mean, the, the, the Biden wins tweet that went out, I was saying to Sean, I was like, zoom in on his face, man. Like, what the fuck's going on his face? Aye. Like, his eyes are sinking into the back of his head. But, um, aye, so whether or not he makes it to the end of his first term, I don't know. But I think, like, if that does happen, um, do you know what? I think I would be quite disappointed because I want the first female president to be elected do you know what mm-hmm. i mean i don't want there to be any sort of way of them going look how this has been manipulated and a coronation i exactly like aye. i think like i would like her to, if it is going to be kamala harris i would like her to be elected what was interesting was quite a lot of the sort of right-wing commentary talking about kamala harris's law and order record as like some sort of negative and you're like guys you were cheerleading donald trump like two weeks ago like this is basically like you're going i will your candidate was kind of less an arsehole than... Do you know what I mean? It's like, uh, aye, she's not a left-winger, okay? They're not going to break down the industrial war complex. They're not going to, like, drag Wall Street out of the coals. They're not going to, like, break the monopolies, no. Amazon, Apple. But, like, I think that what I was particularly pleased about, and this is what I had said to multiple people, it's the first vote for hope that we've had since, and on like a, a one of the major, like, do you know what Aye. I mean? Um, we, us here in the UK and in America have been perpetually like right wing and moving yep. even further towards the right for the last nearly 20 years. So mm-hmm. that's what I was particularly pleased about. It was a sign uh, that we're moving in the right direction, but I don't think we're there yet. And I would mm-hmm. love to see... Um, I'd like I would like Biden to come in and actually just keep his promises. I think the things that he's promised, like um, uh, raising the minimum wage, legalization of marijuana, um, I think uh, taking back some of the the Trump stuff that's been um, put out there. Like, he'll, date, he'll date Trump. What Trump did to Obama, and he'll executive order everything that he's ever tried to do out of existence. Mm-hmm. Because that's what you do with executive orders; you just reverse them. Um, I, I, the positive I'm taking is that I think American, the American voters are starting to recognise that the presidential election isn't necessarily the be-all and end-all. There's been so much focus on the presidency as the sort of centre of American power that people in the population have become really sort of tunnel vision with the presidency. Mm-hmm. I think when you look at, particularly in places like Georgia, where Stacey Abrams, um, who had run previously, I think sort of two or three years ago as a mayoral candidate and lost, um, because of 
you know, largely vote black voter suppression in the state, mm-hmm. um, has spent those subsequent years registering voters. Now, she registered 800,000 voters, some like half of which are black um, in Georgia. And the state of Georgia went to Joe Biden by 10,000 votes. So those eight, if, you know, what you're saying, two thirds or three quarters of that, 800k voters went with her. Then she's basically swung a huge state in the presidential election. Um, and I think it's, it's going to be used. Aye, it's going to be used as a template to combat voter suppression because while the Republicans own places like the Senate and local legislators, which are probably the only legitimate threat left to Biden at the minute, and I'll explain why in a sec, but like they can organise at local levels, win locally. And those local wins can have an impact at a national level when the presidency comes round, rather mm-hmm. than what they've done in the past is try to win the presidency and hope that the goodness and the and the hope sort of trickles down. Whereas actually now there's the AOCs and the Omars and the Sanders have started building for the ground up, and I think it's a more effective way of handling things. I mean, they've swung Georgia. There's now two Senate seats in the mix. Uh, that are in runoff elections in January, and I think this is why we won't see Trump go anywhere anytime soon, because these two Republicans sitting senators in Georgia need Trump's vote to win because of this voter registration. They just lost the state in a presidential election, and okay. the other two Senate seats are in the mix. So, I mean, this Abrams could have had a massive impact, or our team, sorry, had a massive impact on the presidential campaign and potentially swung the Senate back de- Democrat and, like, whatever, five weeks, six weeks' time. Um, right. So this is how you beat them. If they want to go and legislate and gerrymander and, you know, fuck with censuses so that they can try and rig the system as the Republican Party has done all across America in the last 30 years, 40 years, like, mm-hmm. this is how you beat them, is you actually go and speak to people and get them involved and make sure they engage when the actual votes come round. And it's been... That's the big positive that I've took it, is that the actual... Although the president is not by any means a progressive figure and neither is his vice president elect. It doesn't matter now. Like people get so sick during Trump that they get fed up waiting for it to happen and they're out there making it happen for themselves. And I think democratically that's something that is like we should be like really fucking happy about. Aye, absolutely man. Aye, so what where does this leave us? Because like I said a minute ago, mate, like my my like knowledge of um, I mean, I could tell you like 10 covert CIA fucking <laughs> operations that started at this, the start of the Second World War and probably continue to. But see, my Didn't actual. 10 CIA directors, but. <laughs> <laughs> mm, maybe one. <laughs> uh, but, uh, uh, like, what state is American politics in now after this election? Where does this leave so, us? At the minute, like. Kind of like Donald Trump's campaign, like standing outside a dildo shop, screaming into the void. <laughs> ah, um, oh, that was uh, fucking glorious, man. And I think like that's, <laughs> a men- that's a mental checkpoint to talk about Borat too. Like when we get to like aye, a bit when we talk about aye, what we're watching. But that Giuliani thing, man, I mean, surely not. Aye. Surely they didn't think that was the Four Seasons. Aye, I've got no idea what the fuck happened there. But like, I, what I want to be is the dude who took that call in the Four Seasons you know, garden centre and being like, sorry, who? Oh, the you? I fuck it, one run. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> 10 grand. You know what I mean? Like, Yo, guys guess what, boss? Guess what, boss? Donald Trump's <laughs> campaign's coming today, a fucking press conference outside and just be like pure. It's either been that 
kind of ignorant excitement or it's been somebody that's been pure, aye, cool, mm-hmm, yep, aye, yep, no bother at all. I, <laughs> or, no, like, just probably went, once they've realised it's legit, like, we're just going to let this happen. We're not going to, like, we're not going to bother telling them. By the way, we're not a Four Seasons Hotel. We're like a like, local shop, like in between Aye. a fucking sex shop and a fucking gun shop. Do you know what I mean? So I've I seen a tweet on my personal thread, um, a th- sorry, a thread on my personal feed about a journalist who was in the car park and they were like, the actual Four Seasons we all thought we were going is like 12 miles away. Journalists are showing up. The press conference is about to start in 10 minutes. Like a lot of journalists get out their cars looked about, went fuck this and turned around and left again. It says, but this guy actually like live tweeted his own like experience of the press conference, it being total bullshit and then him basically just walking away ten minutes into it. Um, so I it was it was absolutely wild that you've got that kind of nonsense going on. But again it's in with that chaos that has came with you know the last four years. But in terms of where we are the new like there is no meaningful evidence election fraud whatsoever. Um, there has been court cases that have come in and been battered straight out of court. Um, the big threat, or the remaining threat, and it's like a kind of through the eye of the needle thing for Republicans, it would essentially be, you know, considered a coup, but in a lot of senses. But it is also Mitch McConnell, and these people are absolutely shameless. And it's that a lot of decisions in the build up to the election at a state level, and every state runs their own election even though yeah. sort of all the different processes, et cetera, uh-huh. we know that already. Um, in individual states, some decisions were made by governors or by election secretaries on a sort of unilateral basis because there was a pandemic. Um, and in certain states that have got like, Republican legislators, uh, they're now saying that those decisions should have been either made or ratified by the state senates and congresses which the Republicans control. And what they're going to try and argue is that because these decisions were unilateral, they were incorrect, and that they need to be reassessed and you know ratified by the actual state senate or the state congress. And if they're not, then the decisions that impacted the ballots, like letting people mail in stuff that shows up seven days late, uh-huh. have to be reversed. Uh-huh. Um, so essentially, what they're trying to do is or what they're thinking about doing or talking about doing is like going to the local level and trying to retroactively invalidate votes by changing decisions that were made by heads of whatever with their actual legislatures. Okay. Um, I don't know how viable it is, but when you look at Georgia, <clears throat> for example, these two senators that are now in runoff elections in January, both Republican, the election head was a Republican. Um they have now turned on him and said that he didn't do his job right and that he now needs to resign and blah, blah, blah. So they are now turning their focus of why they lost onto this guy who was the decision maker in that state to try and obviously undermine his position. And if they undermine mm-hmm. his position, they can undermine his decision making and a precedent is set that can then maybe be used in other states to allow reversals and like give justification for senates and congresses at the state level to actually go back and try and vote this stuff down retroactively um, it, it would be electoral suicide, I mean I can't believe anybody's even voted it but there have been people talking about this type of thing even the day like Barr, the Attorney General was directing federal prosecutors to investigate election fraud to the point where the guy in charge of 
the electoral investigations at our federal level resigned because like, there is no evidence. Like we run a robust system. Like I'm not going to direct my guys to basically investigate elections that are not at risk. And um, so even to this day, we've got higher legislating, you know, authority within what's left of the Trump administration. Right. Still trying to work his ticket and as any and all underhand ways possible. So there is like a, a tiny, tiny risk. Uh huh. There's like a tiny behind a tiny crazy a tiny crack of light for fascism because I mean basically what they're trying to do is they'll try to just rig an election if that's the case. They did need to openly steal it. They did need to openly steal it. But at the same time, when you look at guys like Mitch McConnell and that, they've got the brass neck to to think about it. And you know, I'm no a Republican insider, and I've heard about this fucking plan for half a world away. You know what I mean? Like, so it's in the ether. Like people are talking about it. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. Which is the only worry I've got left in that respect. The rest there is, as as Joe Biden says, is you know the, the Secret Service have gotten the issue of throwing trespassers at the White House. Um, so the Constitution does not require that he concedes. Uh, the Electoral College will have come back by January the fifth, January the sixth, whenever it happens, and when the Electoral College confirms. But as I say, the Senate decisions that we are talking about could interfere with the Electoral College, and that's that, that's where it comes in, because um, this is where they ratify themselves at state and levels with the, these types of guys. Um, as I say, it's unlikely, but it's still being talked about. But come January the 5th, if it's all done and dusted as we expect it at the moment, then you'll be getting toughed out no matter what he says. Mm -hmm. And where does this leave? But like, so where's Biden as far as like a presidency? Because I remember when Obama won his second term, the Republicans had won a certain aspect of American politics, and so he was like so hands tied. The, the Senate. So at the moment, it looks as though that's probably what's going to happen to Biden. They okay. own the Democrats own the Congress, which is the lower chamber, like the House of Commons. And um, they have lost like some like ten seats already, though. And um, so the Republicans did make gains in the Congress. Um, Georgia will likely not go to Democrat seats. Um, so you would imagine that they will keep a very like slender control of the Senate. Um, they have the Supreme Court, and Biden will have the presidency. So essentially, they'll fifty-fifty. They'll just shut down. Well, I mean, everything needs Senate approval. Everything that he can do legislatively needs Senate approval, and the Senate will probably shut them down exactly in a similar kind of way to Obama. We don't know. Um, there was chat of McConnell being more open to talk to Biden than he would have been some of his predecessors. The implication being because he's white and not black, um, but that's again, a joke. I well, let's see. Um, but who knows? It looks. It doesn't look great for him in terms of passing very much. That you know, is is all going to require some form of Republican support. But at the same time, that's one of Biden's strengths across his career is that he is very mm. much a kind of like across the the sort of across the border sort of personality. But again. That whether the high ups now allow that the way they used in the past is debatable. You know yeah, I mean? and he, he did. I did see something where he was saying that you know, I'm not going to rule this as like a Republican, as a Democratic president, or leaning towards being like a right. I'm just going to be the president of the United States and try and represent as many of the people as I can as possible, mm. which is kind of alarming like, for me for like a sort of. Well, a democratic president to come in and go, yeah, I'm not going to rule as a democratic pe president. I'm going to 
basically saying I'm, I'm going to be a centrist, which uh, we know so that he is. Um, what sort of comes up for me here is, um, and I had a, a chat with somebody on Instagram, a previous guest on Instagram, is, and I think we're starting to see maybe the same conclusion happening here, are radicals like Corbyn and Sanders electable in 2020? Like, as the as we've seen a lot of sort of Trump, um, or we've, we're in the, the aftermath of Trump, so is the sort of left going to be happy with a more sort of centrist person at the helm? Um, and so they should be happier. Long, happy, yeah. Is this the sort of middle ground that we're going to need to just instead of pushing for a more radical left, there isn't that much support for that. So then it kind of leaves a vacuum, leaves a vacuum that there's enough support on the radical right to sort of like take. So we all just kind of need to throw our support behind the person in the centre so that we don't end up with this fucking nutter mm-hmm. that's sitting there here on the right wing. Do you know what I mean? So I, I definitely see that point of view. I mean, again, kind of similar to what I've said previously already with, you know, the progressives at a lower level. I think this is where the UK can be probably more effective. Like, we are centre-left, you know, you know, somebody like a Starmer or whatever it is, you know, just the, the guy that looks like a prime minister, whatever that means, looks like a president, whatever that means, uh, at the helm. And people actually just taking care of themselves at a local level, you know, so for all the various bits and bobs in America, you you know, you look out here like in Glasgow, some of the people we've spoke to over the years, the, some of the people we've not spoke to, like guys that live in rent, um, and, you know, organisations along those kind of lines, like Better Than Zero, who we've had, who are actually like taking the progressive ideas of got and playing them at a local level, and no really, you know, I having opinions and policy on what's going on at a national level, but focusing on where they can actually make a difference. And I think maybe mm. that's the answer for the left is to just put the centrist face on it and then just go about what you were doing at a local level anyway. You know what I mean? No, it's because no, it's not that's perfect, what the Tories do. That's what no, the Tories did, Hunter. That's what they no. did with, with Cameron was is they put the electable figure at the helm of the party and yep. chip away underneath it to get whatever it is that you want, whether it be... Um, a fucking EU referendum which is what they wanted and he had to give yeah. them it because he needed their support um, aye man that, that is kind of I mean we said that right back when I think I asked, asked the question and we didn't really answer it when we were talking about it like if Starmer was like Tony Blair without Iraq would you accept it would we be happy would we be happier yeah. is it the kind of sort of compromise that the left needs to make amidst all cops are bad and like, do you know what I mean? Like that sort of like I, real. Um, the, sort the, of I think the end result is that progress left. is better than they progress. So mm-hmm. if we're going to stun on the outside, pointing fingers at the likes of Johnson, at the likes of Trump, and no be able to actually get involved in the process in any meaningful capacity, as the Labour Party just failed to do at the last election, are we not just better? Sometimes accepting like the political reality that I, a Corbyn or a Sanders is too radical in appearance, at least for mm-hmm. most voters to be palatable. Why not? Just take a Cameron or a Blair or a Starmer or a Biden and throw them up as the face of it and be like, right, no, stay out of your road while we actually go and do what we're doing. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I think and in, in lieu of like massive left wing wins, which don't seem to be happening anytime soon, you know, you just work with what you've got because as I say, making some progress is better than making none. Aye, absolutely, mate. 
Um, so, I have you watched Borat? So, no, yet. Um, Stacey did, and I read the articles on Giuliani and stuff like that. And, and I've got to say, I wasn't surprised because um, they we're talking about a guy here whose first wife was his second cousin. You know what I mean? So, the is that true? That he, aye. Fuck's sake. Aye. <laughs> so, like, um, the notion that he's somehow some mad sexual deviant probably didn't ring a lot of alarm bells with me, to be honest with you. Don't get me wrong, the situation he's in is extremely fucking just horrible, um, where, you know, I, he really is a creepy old bastard, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh, um, but I, I, I don't know. Republicans and sex scandals in the build-up to election. I, I was just like, I'm a bit, I'm a bit done with it. <laughs> I, I, mean, I suppose, like, spoiler alert, if anybody's not seen Borat, I'll... I'll give you my opinion on paper or a website in the last month. <laughs> ah, exactly. Um, my my real thing on it, I was like, I'm keen to watch this. I want to see what the situation was like. It wasn't quite as bad as what it was made out, but also yeah. it wasn't as innocent as he made out. It lay in the middle, so it didn't. I don't think he knew she was 15 until Sasha Baron Cohen came into the room, and started screaming, "She's 15! She's 15!" Right. I think she was um, actually like 22 or something. I ah, she, was actually. she didn't look 15 either, mate, like, to be honest. It's like, um, probably not the phrase to use in this one, mate. Well, <laughs> if, put it Sorry, this way, man. right? Put it this way, if you were asked to go a day press, you wouldn't be thinking she's a minor or what? You'd be thinking she's an adult. She looks, she looks her age. Um, if I was asked to go and depress, I wouldn't also be thinking, let's duck into this nearby bedroom and see what happens. Absolutely. Um she did like flirt with him out, right out the traps. She was touching his uh, knee. She was saying, Oh, I really like you, like you're one of my heroes and all that, right? Obviously, again, no no any excuse for what happened. But the bits where his story just doesn't thing me up is is that he, he totally like put his hand inappropriately at the sort of smaller back at the top of her ass. And then when he was claiming to tuck his He's um he's shot and that is yeah. what he's doing, but he definitely went down and cupped these fucking cotton balls. Like there is no two ways about it. And as soon uh, as yeah. the door opened into the hotel room, he pounced up. So for me, like if you were just tucking your your thing, man, mm-hmm. and you're at a media event and the door opens, you're just going to continue doing what you're doing. The fact yeah. that he pounced up told me that there was something just about to happen. I think that they just yeah. they stopped point blank. But it was creepy as fuck, man. I mean, it was salivating, the, absolutely salivating. Do you know what I mean? I seen the running of the Karens sketch, which I thought was quite funny. Almost like the, um, you know, Pampona bull run, except with that Papier Mache like Karen that was there. Um, I, I, the first one was brilliant. I just last couple of weeks, I just was not in the mood for that level. I cringed to be. Something I'll definitely get run to, but I just hadn't. Uh, at the time, I mean, what you're just like, um, nah. What uh, have I you been know, watching just, then? Um, what have I watched recently? No, no, for what? For a, for a change, like, filled the last couple of weeks, Mayor, with like gaming and, and sort of finishing off the various books that we've had on the go and stuff like that. Um, Keeping yourself sane, so, mate. Did, I did go through um, that Black Sail, which was. I thought, you know, I had been on that bit of that sort of cowboy kick recently. Um, I figured that I might get the same enjoyment out of watching a kind of pirate thing 
Um, and I did like so you know now I want to be a pirate and a pirate cowboy um, but <laughs> where's that where's is that Netflix or it's, it's Amazon it's like a right. it's like a sort of fourth season prequel to Treasure Island somebody's taken all the characters for Treasure Island uh, and brought it sort of ten years before it all sort of kicks off and the, it sort of winds up as at the you know the end of the season is kind of the start of Treasure Island type thing you know what I mean? right okay I'd also I'd kind of hoped that they'd have done a Treasure Island you know season it but they didn't and um, but it was quite good like it was Michael Bay so the action sequences are awesome but there's just like gratuitous nudity you know the whole way through it because he's a mad perv um, you know that way like a season usually like Game of Thrones where season one's just tits everywhere and then uh-huh. season two or three everybody's actually like famous now and they've got it in their contracts that they don't need to do that shit anymore well Michael Bay had Black Sail while I was watching season 4 and there was still like, just unnecessary amounts of nudity for right. something that you've already watched three and a half seasons of, you know what I mean like, <laughs> like, you, don't, you don't need, don't need to the hook me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't need me to keep coming back I'm three and a half seasons in I'm in you know what I mean but the the boat sequences and shit like some of the like sea battles and stuff were like extremely well done you know what I mean but other than Sounds that good, I've been going after my nut with Red Dead. Like, I'm just, I've been playing that just, aye, every waking moment practically. I'm, I just, it's so immersive and it's been such an easy way to pass time over the course of the last two weeks that I've just ended up pure inside it. You know what I mean? But then, that's the, the, the benefit of the game and I was actually toying with the notion of like, <clears throat> doing it on Twitch because I'd, I'd got an update on my phone and I was like, do you know what? Twitch is there now. This course is there, and I'm basically a sheep, and I was bored, uh, and I signed up, but I was like, I don't know how either the two of these things work, um, but then I was like, oh, do you know what, I'll get Twitch on my PlayStation, you know, I'll just spend some time with streaming or whatever it is, and then realised that I spend half my time with reading walkthroughs and stuff, and I don't think anybody wants that content in their life, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Realistic gaming. <laughs> I watching this guy basically walk his way through. I think that's why, like, for, like, the sort of... 100 hours. I think that the, that's why like the funny or, or the, the popular Twitch streams are either guys that are really good at gaming so or people playing that fucking truck simulator or like <laughs> Among Us or whatever it is that people uh, playing because it's just so simple that you can sit and just have a bit of banter um, when uh, you're um, you're sitting streaming you're on Twitch but I that's there, but you never know we'll maybe have like a you know Rebel City Games Night or something one time a Twitch stream. That's if my fucking PlayStation even works anymore, mate. Honestly, like if I turned that on, the dust that would come out the fucking disk drive would be ridiculous. It's just no being switched on. It's not even plugged in. It's just an ornament. It's just an expensive ornament. <laughs> and what's what's even more ridiculous about it is is that I've even seen myself going, make a PS5 and I'm like slap myself down, going, Why the fuck would you spend fucking four, five hundred quid, whatever the fuck it is on this new games console when Aye. you did that with a PS4? And I must have accumulated about a hundred hours in what four or five years. Like it's I just... think yeah, you went through a spell of playing like the Star Wars game, didn't you? And then that was about it. Uh-huh. Battlefront, Battlefront, and a couple of the Call of Duty games and UFC three. I had like a month where I played UFC three, and I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. But see, other than that, man, it just—I don't know—it just doesn't date for me anymore. Maybe I'm, I'm going to hold off. 
I'm going to hold off on the PlayStation 5. Like, I bought the PlayStation 4 just as it came out because I'd recently been made redundant at that point. And I was like, fuck it, I'm buying a full-price console because it's the, the one and only time I can actually afford it. And um, I waited like 18 months for like a, an actual PlayStation 4 game to come out. So I'm just going to hold off. I've got loads. I love the story games, as I say, the Tomb Raiders and Spider-Man, Batman, Red Dead, etc. And I've got like... Tons of stuff in my library that I've never even played through yet. So mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm going to give a year and let the games actually catch up with the console. Although the new Spider Man one looks phenomenal, and it's only because the last one, the Marvel Spider Man on the PlayStation Four, was one of the slickest games I've ever played in my life. Like it was like the fight, the combat, everything about it was just phenomenal. So if I'm getting the PlayStation Five. Or when I get the PlayStation Five, I'll definitely get the Spider-Man way because the game is just—it looks amazing. So it Aye, like, I've seen, I've seen the trailer and stuff for it. But anyway, mate, I need to bounce because I've got clients this afternoon. It's been good catching up with you, mate. But aye, man. Um, try and speed it up a wee bit over the next couple of weeks. Hopefully, maybe we start to come out of lockdowns and that. Um, but we'll wait and see. You know, what I mean, I'm quite happy plugging away with a guest here, a guest there, and a bit of blether while. It's just no fair to ask folk to get involved. I mean, all the all the charities and groups that we've had in the past, and how do you ask them to come and get involved in this type of thing when there's actual people in real need at the minute? You know what I mean? So absolutely, <clears throat> we'll see how we go. But I, I'll speak to you again soon, mate. Hi, no worries, mate. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye bye.